hosted on dimlywit.com. I'm Alex. And I'm Tina. And this is Obsessed with the Best. We're two New York City gals who are bringing you the best of the best of all things beauty, wellness, and inspirational women. We've tried it all and can't wait to tell you what's worth obsessing over. Join us each week as we share our favorite products and trends and chat with leading female founders and experts. Welcome to Obsessed Obsessed with with the Best with with Alex and Tina. Tina. Okay, today we are going to talk all things dating, relationships, breakups, being single in the pandemic, being married in the pandemic, life in New York City, being single, life dating in New York City, life being married in New York City, all things dating and relationships. And this is kind of a part two of a episode that we did in season one. If you want to check it out, it's season one, episode 115. So go check that out for part one. Today, we're going to get just a little deeper. Yes, we are. And I, it's so funny because when we were planning, you've been wanting to talk about this episode for a while. And I was, I've been really resistant about it. I've been like super resistant. And I don't know, I mean, I'm the single one in the crew. And it's always been sort of this like thorn in my side, I think. And I was just really like resistant to do this episode um, because I was like, I don't have anything to follow up with. I don't have any, I don't have anything. And then the more we talked about it and kind of discussed what we wanted to chat about, the more it made sense to be like, actually, maybe I do have some stuff to say about being single. (laughs) Well, we've had a lot of similar experiences with dating and relationships kind of until this past year. And then we had very, very different personal lives. We are both, we're the same age. We're 33. Mm -hmm. Tina, currently single. I am currently married. But that all kind of switched in the past few years. Before this, we were dating. We were breaking up. We were moving in. We were moving out. So, I mean, I first met you, Tina, when you had just gone through a crazy breakup and literally had nowhere to live. It's right? true. I, I left. I was living with my boyfriend at the time and I was looking for a place to live and we had broke, we broke up and we lived together for two weeks broken up and slept in the same bed for two weeks broken up and it was the most painful, torturous experience of my 20s. <laughs> But like, I can't even, so I, on the other hand, at never, I almost lived with people, but I actually never lived with anyone until I got married. So I don't understand the breakup in New York. You, these are the things you see on Sex and the City. Remember Steve and Miranda break up and he has to sleep there for like a month because he doesn't have an apartment. That's real. That's so real. it's a New York thing. I mean, I think New York, you're you're so often forced to sort of move a little bit faster than you normally would. Um, because I certainly wouldn't have, in any other place or time, I wouldn't have lived with my boyfriend. But it was, we were with each other all the time. He had a dog. He was out of town all the time. He needed a sublet. I needed a place to stay. It was like, it all kind of made sense financially and logistically. Um, I won't say that was the demise of our relationship, but it certainly made things a lot more painful when we did break up. Because, I you know, actually we... need a refresher because I know that this was – see, I actually didn't know you during this time. So I never That's met this. That's right. I hadn't met you yet. I never met this boyfriend. Right. So I kind of – I want to know, first of all, how long did you date? How long did you live together? Well, we dated for, let's see, from 2014 until the end of 2016. Um, so, you know, two okay. years. Okay. A health, it was like two and a half years is what I think it was like – beginning of 2014 into 
the end of 2016. Um, and we lived together. I mean, here's the thing. We met on a on a contract. We were both actors in a musical and okay. we met on the contract and I essentially, he was, he was equity and I was not equity at the time. Uh-huh. So he had his own housing where we were and I had roommates and we fell in love and we fell in love so fast. It was so wild and I almost immediately moved in with him into his actor housing so I spent every single night at this actor housing with him and we like it we kind of played house honestly and we we like lived together but it's as you know it's summer theater you know it's things aren't real you're not dealing with the real world it's like summer camp and it's so fun and you you both have jobs you're employed you're working you're doing something you love and it was just it was like the best summer ever because there were no stakes and then the end and this is at a time when I had I owned a home in Montana and I had said well I'm just gonna go do one more show before I resign myself to a life in Montana and I went out and I met this man and fell madly in love and he and I this we'll talk about red flags later but (laughs) I look back and and it was always like a don't move to New York for me and I was like I he said that Oh, yeah. So wait, and where was this contract? Where was the show you were doing? We were in Utah. We were okay. in Utah. Okay. And yes. he said that out loud. Oh, <sighs> many times. And I should have listened. I mean, because he was – he. We had said, I love you. We were in love and, you know, but we didn't, the thing is we never talked about the future. We never talked about the future, which red flag, but like (laughs) red red flag in the sense of like, I've also had guys talk too much about the future and too quickly. And there's gotta be an in-between situation. There's gotta be an in-between. Yes. But, but what you, in, in retrospect, you're like, oh, I should have just listened to him and then thought about if I wanted to move to New York and then just move exactly. to New York Exactly. And at the time, I thought I had sort of made that, sure. that decision. He was a humongous factor in why I moved here. But this was also a time when my, my parents were going through a very tumultuous divorce. I was um, unsure about where I wanted to be with my career. I really missed my friends in New York City and was really longing for that, that lifestyle again. And so it all just kind of made sense and it felt like a really cool adventure and then I had this partner um and I remember I had two weeks to get home pack my house up and sell it before I moved to New York and the day before I was flying out to New York, I had sold my house I was packing up the day before I was to fly out to New York um, my boyfriend called me and he said well I just booked a job and I'm leaving the day after you get here <gasps> And the rest of our relationship was long distance. Literally, he'd be home for a week or two at a time. I think the longest stretch we ever had was six weeks together. Well, this is why we really, really initially bonded. Because my first kind of like really formative first love relationship was someone that I, also an actor, very similar types, leading men. Who we later found out knew each other and had done a show together. (laughs) (laughs) We found that out many years later. Hilarious. (laughs) And there's something that you really don't get to the heart of anything when it's constantly long distance. I mean, we were long distance off and on from when when I was 18 to when I was like 26. Like off and on where he was in school and then he was in LA and I was in New York and then we were both in New York, but he would leave on contracts. And there's something about it where it's always kind of like a fantasy because every time you see that person, it's a vacation and it's not really real. And so you don't really get to the heart of any issues, of any sort of things that are annoying, of any... And you can't really think about the future because you're like, well, I only have three days, so I'm just going to enjoy these three days. Exactly. It kind of stunts you. So I... 
I am not a fan of long distance. I think if you need to do it, there has to be an end point. It's like you're already in a committed relationship and the person has to leave for three months, like on a job. It can't be, or you're already engaged. Like there has to be a commitment involved beforehand and some sort of limit to it. Um, Yeah. Okay. I totally agree. So then most of your relationship was long distance. Okay. So I want to know now, like what, looking back, like why do you think, because when you're so close, when you're in the breakup, you, it's like, it's all the other person's fault. Like you're always yeah. like, well, they, you know, yeah, years yeah, yeah, yeah. later you can reflect and think, oh, well, we weren't meant to be, or this is kind of what happened in a more objective right. way. I mean, I look back and I thank God that we met and had the time we did because it is such a fond time in my life. And I like very, very formative years were spent in that relationship. Now, when I look back though, it's less, um, I'm I'm becoming less, uh, there's less animosity towards him because there was at first because it was like the only way I could get through. And again, it was one of those breakups of that course. nobody did anything wrong. Nothing had happened. Nobody cheated. Nobody lied. Nobody, it just kind of fizzled out and we just did not want the same things. And what does that mean I, though? Like, what did you want? What did he I, not want? I'm a planner and I, yeah. when I fall, I fall hard like I do not fall in love easily but when I do oh my god I am in hook line and sinker and it's like let's plan it let's do it let's do the thing like I, I, let's jump in you know head first and he had been through some serious serious um heartache and had a lot of trepidation around around committing again and um Looking back, I realize how insecure I was. Oh my God. I was, I was so insecure. Um, I really was looking for, and I, and I talk about this in therapy all the time. I was searching for my identity and I placed my whole identity into him. And that wasn't fair. That's not fair to him. Um, but I wanted an identity and I tried to latch onto his identity. I tried to, um, you know, put my happiness onto him. And I, I look back and I just go, oh my gosh, it's just, I, I was still figuring myself out. But see, this is so good. This is so good for people to hear. Cause what yeah. are the lessons learned here? Like you, ha- when, especially when you're so young, when you really don't have an identity and you, or you just moved to a new place, the first priority should be get your own thing going, get your own friends going and then the relationship the thing will kind of happen if you go out but like the first thing you move to new city you get out of college the first thing needs to be find a job find a hobby find a class make a friend like because I moved and was immediately in his circle and was just it was all his friends and all his which was great and he welcomed me in and they welcomed me and it was lovely but I I didn't have by my own doing I did not have my own life um, and I think that ultimately is what, and and I think that we both, again, wanted different things. I wanted um, more stability. I wanted uh, to grow with, you know, where we lived. I, I didn't want to ha- live with a roommate forever. I wanted our own apartment and I wanted to get engaged and get married and have kids. And that really just wasn't something that he desired at the time. Um, I don't know if that changed later on, but yeah, it's just, it's so interesting. Cause I'm like, I've talked about it with my therapist again too, about if I had met him today, would I, would we still have gotten together and I'm not I'm not sure we would have I don't I don't think we would because I'm a very different person than I was when I was 26 so different 
different. You know? You're, I mean, you're so different than when I even met you. Oh, I know. Right at a year or two after that or something. Right. Well, you know? and so a year. I I moved into okay, so we break up. This guy and I break up. We live together for two weeks. I'm desperate to find an apartment because um, I want to move out of this place. And I'm but like talking living together in a tiny, oh. tiny space after a breakup. Tina, I cannot imagine because when oh. I break up with someone, I never speak to them again. Oh, so uh, like that's yes. I cannot even imagine breaking. I mean, regardless, my first relationship, boyfriend, like long relationship, like we will text each other and check in like he's wonderful. Yeah. But my last one, it's like I pull the shade. I delete the number. I get rid of every piece of. That's. That's pretty much how I am. I think that there, I was, again, I was so insecure and I was so hopeful that this big romantic gesture would happen and he would change his mind because um, he, he would have said stay. Because it was one of those things where I I've said to him, we had a conversation and I just said, you know, I feel like if I left, you would you would just leave, let me leave. And, he, and I said, should I, should I leave? And he shrugged. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, ouch. Okay, so maybe I should just go. And so, so yeah, we we stayed living together, but I think there was like this hope that I had. It was like this, it, it was like a slow torture because I would hope yeah. that he would say, oh my God, wait, actually don't leave. I don't want you to go. Of course. Um, And thank God he didn't because we weren't meant, we were not right. meant to be right together um and thank god i moved into our beautiful healing i call it the healing apartment like apartment 33 it healed me and it's like apartment 33 just a million roommates subletters in yes. and out not the nicest apartment but here's what it was really cheap yep. two bathrooms big a lot of space and right by a train so and la- it, laundry in the basement laundry in the basement it saved us we all it needed did. it at one point in our lives and we it it helped us all it helped us all. So yeah, I post. I think no, I I think I posted on Facebook or you posted on Facebook, and we had just met in our spin class a few months earlier. Yeah. And Amanda, our mutual friend, she knew what I was going through, and she te- she texted me right away and said, "Okay, remember Alex? Um, she's got an, a room opening up." And I was like, "Oh my god, can you please put in a good word for me and and maybe get me you know an appointment?" Basically, I was like <laughs> trying to because we really didn't know each other, and no. I didn't know anybody that you lived with, and. We set up a, a meeting and I was so nervous and I remember I cried. I remember I got there and I was talking about why I wanted to move out and I started to cry and I was so embarrassed because <laughs> I was just, I was so, that that relationship broke me. The, the breakup absolutely just broke my heart in a million pieces and I was pretty rough there for a while. You definitely were. Yeah. But I also already weirdly felt like I knew you when I met you. Like you didn't feel like a stranger coming in crying Same. on the couch. Like that, it, it, it sounds <laughs> crazy, like what we're describing here, but it's not what it felt like. I, we already had so many Good. mutual friends and it didn't feel like a crazy right. girl coming in and crying. I was like, oh God, like I felt so I bad. <laughs> I'm so I glad felt- it came off that way. <laughs> like God. I I mean, the wanting the, the same thing at the same time is major timing when people are like timing is everything okay what does that mean it means how I want what I want and how I live lines up with the same with the person at the same time because people change every year people change every week people you know I look back at my almost 10 year back and forth breakup get back together long distance LA New York relationship with this wonderful guy who's still so wonderful still an actor in the theater and I've recently had all these light bulb moments though of 
why it didn't work, even though we loved each other. Because also right. love is not enough. It's how it's really not. It's how does this actually fit? How do we like to live day to day? What right. do we actually want? Because the person you're gonna be with has to be your teammate in yes. getting the things that you actually want and achieving it's your partner. Your, goals. your partner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I look back now and there's some like really, it's they sound like, oh, stupid petty things, but they're really not. For instance, he was really outdoorsy, super mm-hmm. outdoorsy, wanted to like go camping. <laughs> I am not, if any of you know me, yes. like that is not anything I'm going to do. Like right. I love New York City and I do need nature sometimes and a hike and a beach, but I'm not the gal who's going camping. Like I, right. I will go for a hike and then I'm, I'm going to stay in a hotel. Like that's just not me. I need a bathroom. Yes. I need a shower. I'm a clean freak. I am the same way. I I'm not a camper. I, I glamping. I'm, I would be interested in glamping. Sure. I do it, not want to camp no there, there needs to be a real bathroom but like he could yes. care less he wanted to like you know just he wanted to like like live in Yosemite I mean not really but he wanted to just, yeah you know like that type of thing so the I'm more like I just want to be in a city and I want to be at restaurants and I want to be we the things we did we wanted to do for fun were just not did not line up line up at yeah. All, yeah at all and then with career stuff Again, we were really young and like really immature, but I was kind of, we started out both really, really theater focused. Mm-hmm. And then I've very quickly started veering off into, oh, I got signed with a modeling agency. I'm going in for commercials. What is this like? Oh, I have to get a portfolio. It was all really new to me. I was very late in the game to it because I was very, very theater focused. But I remember I got my first on camera job ever and it was for uh-huh. Kate McNabb Cosmetics and it was uh-huh. like this makeup video and I was like oh my god and it was like really successful and like really good and then it was on YouTube and it was on you know and yeah. I was proud of it and he was very much had this kind of like old which is fine but it was kind of like this old-timey actor theater actor vibe of like very trained theater actor vibe which I'm a tr- we're both trained theater actresses right. too of like oh that's kind of frivolous like that's and kind of like you know laughing like, like ju- judging you for like selling out kind of thing like oh God, like that's like I was it was something I was really proud of and I also was the first time I was like wow I made money like I yeah I did a reading of a musical the other week and I got paid in a metro card and like <laughs> this is like oh I made some money and I had like a trailer and a, you know yeah. this was cool and I just remember that sort of started happening and I couldn't identify it at the time but like the choices that I was making to expand were kind of not being supported and so I was feeling held back by you know we didn't want to do the same things in our free time and just career choices I just felt not supported and then also because the majority of our relationship was long distance and then it's impossible it masked a whole he was a great guy we were very in love but it masked a whole bunch of just little issues that that yes we were not meant to be for the long run living together 24 7 right so that was a hard breakup just because we we were together for so long. Like I met him when he was a freshman in college and I was a senior in high school. That's wild. It was wild. I I don't know how you guys at, did it. I don't either. I ended up at a college party when I was a senior in high school and oh we met and like immediately started dating and just 
never stopped. So also, you guys dated all through your college experience and his long we, distance. We did, but we broke up a million times. Because here's cool. another piece of really good piece of advice I have. Do not do long distance when you're in college. Oh God, no. No, I, I had, well, I did, I had a, re- I had a relationship in all through college. It was not a relationship. It was a trauma. But um, I that is like one of the biggest regrets I have in my life is that I was I didn't date in college because I was in this relationship it takes you out of the moment so instead of being in the moment and being present you're on the phone or you're planning a trip away and then 20 year olds are not built to be doing long distance and like you know I was having fun and I was drinking and then you know I'm not I was no angel I definitely cheated on him and by cheating on him I like accidentally like made out with someone at a party when I had had like a few drinks you know what I mean yeah yeah because we were in college it was you know so we had our we had a rough go we broke up a bunch of times and we both dated other people like once or I don't, I don't know and we were in school but yeah we were off and on for almost 10 years yeah wow it was unreal wow it was unreal so that was a big breakup just because of the length of time he'd been in my yeah. life and like super formative years of your yes. you know early 20s yes but it wasn't bad in the sense that anyone did anything right. super unforgivable it just like wasn't going to work and we still keep in touch and yeah we'll text happy birthday or whatever and like we wish That's each other lovely. well and all of that yeah yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I mean, it's just so crazy to think back. And we, I remember us like bonding over our exes, knowing each other. You know, we had like talked about that. And then, you know, shortly after I moved in, not shortly, about a year after I moved in, was it a year after? You went through a, a horrible Another breakup. Another one. Horrible breakup. Just enough. We, well, it was so funny because you moved in and you were really, shall I say, on the fritz. Oh, God, I was broken. broken. I was a rag doll. Yeah, and, I was just useless. But it's so great that we didn't go through it at the exact same time. And I was fine. Yeah. And then it totally flipped. Like, towards the end, yes. I was a disaster. And I was, like, drinking, like, making myself a martini and just, like, sitting on the couch. And I couldn't even... This one... Okay, this breakup... This was horrible. ...was a nightmare. I still tell this story, like... To, to this day to people when I'm just like, beware, Be beware, where, but here we go. First of all, I'm going to preface this by saying again, sex in the city. There's certain things in that show that are really fanciful and not real. There are certain parts of that show that yep. happen to everyone that live in New York city. Do you remember the episode where she breaks up with Aiden and loses her apartment and they're walking yes. down the street and she goes and Sarah's the goes, Oh, they're like, what? She's like, just what this whole this week, no apartment and no Aiden. And that's what happened to me. That's exactly what happened to you. In yes. the same week, I had no apartment, oh no boyfriend. God. Oh, oh also, I've since replaced this agent, but got dropped by an agent who oh he was kind of an asshole. <laughs> so it's better Great. off. So good riddance. Better off. Um, I I did like, I forgot about that. You had the trifecta. It was like it was like a job, relationship, housing. It was yeah. all gone. In one week. It was all gone in one week. And I, it was so fast. I had no idea what I was about to do. So what I would, what I was going to do for money or for to live. I thought I was going to have to move. I had no idea. Oh my God. So what happened with this was I was dating a musician. Okay. Bass player. So. (laughs) (laughs) Never trust a bass player. No, honestly, (laughs) 
truly another life lesson. If you are dating a bass player, just you better really, really look just, into it. Do a yeah. background check. We're going to get some hate for that, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> so here's what happened. It all seemed like we wanted the same things, but here's why I missed it. Because he was kind of a fly by the seat of his pants, liked to be on the road, liked to be with a different girl every whatever, liked to do whatever the hell he wanted type of musician guy, as a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. But he also had this streak with him where he was really good with money. He was very responsible. And then he would say to me, well, I love you so much. So now this is what I want. Like you changed me. Like now I want to like get married and have kids and have this stable life, but we can still have it in our creative, like unique ways because I love you. And what I wasn't hearing was like, oh, this life isn't what he wants at all. Right. It's the Monica and Richard. The Monica yes. and Richard from Friends, when she said, he just keeps saying, if this is what you want, if this is what you want, um, I'll do it because I love you. And she says, if you just, if you wouldn't have said, if this is what you want for the 17th time, for and it's something ex- that you actually wanted. That's exactly, yes. exactly what it was. So what my dream has always been to find someone who's very, very creative and will always will support each other and both having creative jobs, but also cares about like having a savings account and having kids because I want to be a mom. So that's always been the dream. Thought that was him was not. So we decide we're moving in together. Okay. We're moving in (sighs) together. He picks the date. He's like, October. And I'm literally blanking on what year this was. I think it was 2018. It was 2017, um, right? Or 20, no, okay. I think it was 2018. Something around It was 2018. It's 2018. So it was like, we're moving in together. Like in October, we were looking at apartments. I was going to live with him for like a few weeks in the interim. And then all of a sudden, he called and you. But you'd gotten off the lease. You'd gotten off our gotten, lease. You'd I'd, already gotten someone to replace you. Yes, I'd already gotten off the lease, like, for yes. good. And someone yes. was moving into my room. Like, yes. it was a done deal. It was done. It was a done deal. So he starts acting a little weird. And then he says to me, I'm just having so much anxiety about all these life changes. And I don't know if I can do it all right now. Can we just postpone the move? And like, could you sublet for a little while with one of your friends? And I was like, and so he did not break up with me. He did not say, but like you had to. He made you do it. He made you do it. Yes. You had to like decode. But at that exact moment, and we have both had these lightning bolt moments in our lives and I'm so grateful for them. Yes. But every single thing in me was like, hell no. Like, I'm sorry. This is not okay. You're having anxiety after I got off my lease. You couldn't have your anxiety a month ago. And then I would have had a place to live. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not okay. The person I'm supposed to be with would never think it was okay to leave me in the lurch like that and have me like couch surfing just so he could work out his anxiety. Also, he's three years older than me at at this point too. Like, I'm sorry. Like you had, yeah. you had a lot, he had a lot of time to be single and on the road and do his thing. Yes. So, but here's And I'm sorry, was- if you're in a committed relationship, I don't understand what the holdup is. Like if you've already decided, like I, this is probably why I'm still single. I'm just like, if I love you and you love me, like let's do it. And then if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. No, but you're Like let's right, try though. it. 
You're exactly right though, that if it's not like that, then it's just not the right person. Right. With my like first really long-term relationship, I was the one holding it up, being like, I'm not sure this isn't right. I don't want to jump into anything. I don't want to move in together yet. And with this next relationship, it was him having the anxiety. But the timing of his anxiety was so right, mean, especially in New York City. You do not do that. In you New York do City. not do that. So no. So, but cut to: Am I so grateful that he did that? Absolutely. Yes. Because now, at this point, now I would we would have moved in together, and then it, we would have spent money on furniture and buying oh, all and this stuff. That would have been even worse. The breakup. Yes. Dealing, and you I know. Exactly. I would have just wasted a year of my life. Like, exactly. I'm so happy it happened that way. Like, yes. It was crazy having the rug pulled out. And I basically said, okay, bye. Like the person mm-hmm. I'm meant to be with would never, wouldn't have anxiety about moving in with me. Like we're not getting engaged. We're moving in together. And yeah. you're older than me. And like you, so I yeah. basically was said, I never going to speak to you ever again. And I got rid of everything in his apartment. I had stuff, at his, I, everything of his at my apartment. I had stuff at his apartment. I told him just pitch it. I said, I wasn't going back. I love it. And I deleted his number and I just never talked to him ever again and it's so funny because we've (laughs) talked about this and I hope it's okay for me to share this yeah but after what he pulled and then he would reach out to you every so often and he reached out to you like right before your wedding he did he like right before your wedding which I I thought was just such a shit move I was kind of expecting it because you know he had there was a lot going for him when yes. I was with him. Like mm-hmm. I yes, I can be very high maintenance in the way that like I'm a clean freak. I'm doing my skincare routine at night. But I'm also was a struggling actor for a lot of years. Like you and I were still like a freelance, you know, like I know this life and I'm not expecting, you know, what am I trying to say? Well, I remember when I was position life is what I'm yes. trying to say. Because yes. that's my world too. A lot of women, are you kidding? Oh, yeah. You're going to be out at night late, like playing at a club. Like you're going to, you know, are you kidding me? Absolutely yeah. not. So I wonder, he probably had some realization of what he had and wanted to see what his chances were. Well, that's the thing. Like you're so valuable. And I remember when I was broken and just in absolute pieces, I remember you introducing the phrase and I'll never forget it. You were just like, we're catches. Like we're a catch. (laughs) You're a catch. I'm a catch. Like we deserve people that recognize that. And I'm like, oh my God. And it was the first time I was ever like, oh my gosh, wait, yeah, I need to take value in myself because I think so often, and I do this all the time to myself, I, I say, oh, I'm it's me, something's wrong with me. I'm I'm damaged goods, I'm broken. And it's like, wait, no, I'm a catch. Yes. And I think like we need to celebrate that. And it doesn't make you self-centered. It doesn't make you a bitch. Like say like women, we're all, we're catches here. And like, we need to recognize that. Yes. So Moral of all these stories is when someone says something to you, you need to believe them. Yes. You cannot change people. You can change people. I mean, my husband and I have been married now for almost two years. Like, yes, he used to go to bed at 3 a.m. I've changed that. (laughs) He used to drink soda. I've changed that. I can't imagine you with anyone else but Vinny. It's like, oh, that just, yes. Like, that makes so much sense. It seems like you guys have been together forever. You are so in sync. You're so, you know, well made for each other. And it's just like, oh my God. Because I, you know, I met your, your ex and hearing about some other boyfriends that you've had, I'm just like, wait, that of course that doesn't make sense. Because now that I know Vinny, I'm just like, oh yeah, no, this is this is your person for sure. Yeah. 
this is my person. So like yeah. you can change people's little habits, but you can't change like what they want at the time yes. that you're with right. them. And you cannot, you sh- no one, no one should be wasting their time being treated poorly. Never. Not being able to talk about the future or spend time, wasting time with someone who does not want the same things. Like, I'm sorry, if yeah. someone wants to live in New York City and someone wants to live in Arizona, someone wants kids, someone doesn't. Someone has a certain view of money and someone doesn't agree these things really, really, someone hates family. Someone will, you know, doesn't you want to be close yes. to family. Family's not important to them. All these things you can't really, really change. So you can't marry someone hoping that they will change. And you also don't want to change too far in the other direction. You don't want to bend so much either. So right. it's a fine line. This is Jess Betancourt, the host of DNA ID, the only true crime podcast that exclusively covers cases solved using forensic genealogy. DNA ID goes behind the headlines to answer your questions about this remarkable new crime-solving tool, how it works, how cases are selected, why the cases were unsolved for so long, and how the justice system is addressing it. I include input from law enforcement to give you the inside scoop that we all crave with a straightforward, no-nonsense delivery. You can find DNA ID on any podcast platform. Episodes come out weekly on Mondays. Hi, I'm David. And I'm Liz. Hey, Liz, are you schmat? I'm pretty schmat. Are you schmat? Not as schmat as I'm going to be after I listen to an episode of Learn a Little. Learn a Little? That's a stupid podcast for smart people. It sure is. Every episode, Liz and I each take a random Wikipedia article and teach the other person about it. We could be learning about anything, from the politics of West African islands to Olympic gold medalists from New Jersey. Then we quiz each other to see who wins each episode and who gets to wear the crown of schmat. So far, I have not yet won. So come laugh along and learn a little with new episodes every other Friday. Hosted by Dimly Wit and Background Joys, it's available wherever you get your podcasts. Learn a little, a stupid podcast for schmat people. <laughs> schmat. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think some other red flags would be? Well, okay. So I saw this TikTok the other day and I was yeah. like, what an excellent point. This this woman was saying, um, it's a red flag disguised as a green flag. Um, she said somebody on a first date or when you're first dating, not treating you like a stranger. So if somebody, you're on a first date, you're, you're just meeting or you're just getting to know each other and someone is just spilling their guts, telling you their whole life story. They're just, they're talking to you so openly. She's like, that seems like it's a, a green flag. That doesn't seem like a red flag. She's like, no, it's a red flag because you're a stranger. You're a stranger. You don't know each other. So like you don't have to confess every single solitary thing you've ever done the first few dates. And they should be treating you with that that kind of respect that they would a stranger. And I was like, that's a very interesting way to look at that. That's so true because that could mean a boundary issue. And it's like, yes. you should have that chemistry of like pop back and forth and talking. Yes. It should be about like your favorite place you've traveled, something you, a recipe. You yes. Made, a fun You're just you getting to know each other. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A show you saw, a band you saw. First yes. date should not be a total horror show of like every past relationship and every mistake no. and all of your trauma no exactly okay what do you think's a red flag I really I mean this is an obvious one but just how the person treats any of the wait staff we all know oh totally totally but with guys I think they need to be able to make a plan <laughs> they really need to be able to yes. make a plan and a reservation they should be early 
I think that guys really need to be respect their mothers. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the closest relationship. The mother could be estranged. It could be divorced, whatever. It doesn't have to be like their BFFs, but they should really, really respect their mothers. Um, I think that they should be interested in you, but also meeting your friends and meeting your family at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And also not, this is one of my biggest pet peeves because in other relationships, I was made to feel very high maintenance because of the things I mentioned about skincare, showers, just that's me. That's who I am. But I just need time for that at the end of the night. And someone who doesn't make you feel weird for doing something that makes you feel really good. Yes. You know, like Vinny knows. He's like, okay, when Alex doesn't eat late at night, crap shitty food we eat when she we eat healthy food when she does her skincare when she does her morning routine when she gets her workout in she's way better she's a better person and it's a better life for us together yes yes you know like someone shouldn't make you feel bad for taking care of yourself or doing something that makes you literally a better person it makes your brain more calm and all of those things because I think women can get that a lot like oh "Oh, totally you need your and it's like I used to get that all the time, not from my most recent ex, um, but I used to get, I've gotten that quite a bit in my, in my past relationships of, um, you know, you wear too much makeup. Why do you have to, why do you need this extra time? You take forever. Why do you worry about your looks? Um, You know, and it's important to me. It's something, it's not always important to me, but how I look is important to me sometimes. And I want to take care of myself and And I want to show up a certain way. It's not for you 90% of the time. Yes. It's for us. I like to feel, I like the feeling of when my legs are shaved and I have on my favorite yes. lotion. And when I just got out of the shower, when I work out and just get out of the shower and then rehydrate, I feel like a new person. And then I'm nicer to everyone the rest of the day. Yeah. So do you want to be around me when I'm in like that? Or do you want to be around me when? Exactly. And be low like, maintenance, your version right. of low maintenance and not give a shit about anything. No. You know what I also think is, is a red flag um, is how, how this, how your significant other speaks about their exes and um because i i I have found like especially on dating apps or people it's very interesting to hear how how people speak about them because i've had a lot of guys sort of say how crazy their ex-girlfriends were she's a bitch she's insane and it's just like oh so that's how you're gonna talk about me like i don't know i've also had other very very articulate mature men say you know we just you know didn't work out um lovely person we don't and and, but also keeping the boundary of you know it's not we're not still in contact we're not we're not involved because that that could cause insecurity too to be like i'm really close with my ex nobody wants that but i think it's always very telling when someone's like you know we just we didn't see eye to eye on some things so it didn't work out we we, we're not really in touch but you know it's it was amicable great i think that's like very to be respectful to be respectful can be that's yes a really but like i love that one yes and like i i on dating apps like i always i'm like swipe left if the first thing they say is what they're looking for is someone who's not crazy i'm like oh so you're already assuming so you've already had somebody crazy or you're by your definition crazy and you're already like putting that on me and you're gonna call me crazy yeah, later and maybe you you're know probably the one that's crazy so yes so, so red flag Red flag. Okay, so let's cut to 2020. Hmm. So we both had wildly different home lives. Yes. Well, you had just gotten married. Literally, Tina, 
my first year of marriage <sighs> was a pandemic. I'm just so grateful we got our damn honeymoon in beforehand because the memories of that got me through so many months. Thank God. So I, we both have small apartments. I mean, they're great apartments for New York, but if you don't live here and you live in a house, you would walk in and say, oh, these are small apartments. Yes. Um, we have great apartments though, but we were both trapped in them, Tina alone and yes. me with my husband. And we both had extremely different problems, extremely different problems. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, and you actually, you went, you were able to go and stay uh, in California for a little bit too, yeah, right? So after a while, we really had to get out. I mean, so basically I'll just get into it. We had a really hellish start, as mm-hmm. you know, a crazy, crazy, crazy health scare where first of all, we lost our insurance. So at the beginning, so we, there was like some snafu, we were changing plans and it was right. It was just a mess. We were on terrible insurance. So we're stranded. Then we have this health scare where my husband is completely misdiagnosed with testicular cancer. It was horrible, horrible. It was horrible and misdiagnosed because for testicular cancer, you don't get it by, you don't like have a procedure, get it biopsied, send it away. It just shows up as a tumor on an MRI and on a CT scan. So they tell that it's cancerous from the imaging. And so there was a tumor, but it's totally non-cancerous, not a big deal, nothing. But all the doctors, and honestly, I look back at this now, and I think it's because we had really shitty insurance. The people Ugh. just like weren't taking a second look. But basically we get this diagnosis and the doctor is like, putting the fear of God in us. He's like, this has to come out ASAP. It has to come out immediately. So we're like, oh my God, the surgery is scheduled. We get approved for a Lance Armstrong grant to like cover expenses because that's a thing, which is amazing. If anyone's struggling Mm -hmm. with this, get, look into the Lance Armstrong grant. Also, if anyone is struggling with this, get a million different opinions. Yes. And get a million people looking at the CT and the MRI because that's all they have and And they send you straight to surgery. We've spoken about this, but you really have to be, with this healthcare system, it's so busted, especially in America, you have to be your own advocate. You really, and that sucks, but you have to advocate for yourself and you have to push because this happens more often than not. You have to put, and the trouble is we couldn't go in anywhere. The surgery was scheduled. They were like, you can't come to the surgery because it was the height of COVID in New York City. Oh my God. This was the height of COVID in New York City. This was April of COVID in New York City. Oh my God, the worst. A nightmare. So basically we were home every single day, just like fighting with the insurance company and on the phone with doctors every single day because the insurance company kept denying all the procedures, all the tests, would deny the surgery that we'd have to be on the phone over and over. We couldn't get anyone on the phone because COVID, because the healthcare system is like blowing up. It was a total nightmare. So we were pretty deep into this because they were like, okay, talk to your family, schedule the surgery. This is happening. And thank God, thank God. God, someone else, a different specialist looked at the MRI and said, that's not a cancerous tumor. And we get a call. Everything's already set. Surgery's in like a few days. We get a call. That's not a cancerous tumor. I'm like, what? What? (laughs) Like, are you kidding? I mean, I, it's one of the biggest pandemic lessons I learned was I always knew you had to advocate for yourself, but you really, really, really do. So it was an incredible gift. We're so lucky. A lot of people don't get that. You know, they don't get a phone call that says, oh, actually you don't have cancer. We were extremely lucky. But after that, so it was that combined with health insurance loss, cancer scare, no jobs to be seen, to be found. 
stranded, I was going, I dropped my basket a little. Like Mm -hmm. I just lost it a minute. I was like, I have to get out of here. Yeah. So we left, we got tested. We drove to San to my, to see my family in St. Louis. We drove to San Francisco. We got out of here and then we came back very refreshed and like, oh, we're back in the city. And then it was hard again, though, the new normal yeah. of working from home, this where we're in the exact same apartment 24 right. hours a day together. And now it's a little bit better because we can go to workout classes. Vin goes to play basketball. We can go out and about. New York City is yeah. better. But it's still the adjustment of most of the time we're working from home together. And it's really hard, like, to not be like, get out of my space. Or like, I need the kitchen. Or like, Wah. Yes. You yes. Know? You like, just want to be alone. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. And we have all these challenges of, like, we create alone time. Or like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to watch Housewives in here. You're going to watch basketball out here. Or someone's going to work at a coffee shop today. Or, like, downstairs. Yeah. Or, like, things. Like, that's kind of our, like, what we have to do now is like right. really really work on creating space like a lot of people have to work on togetherness and like we yes. have to work on <laughs> separation um, I feel like that's a lot of people a lot of couples in the in the pandemic it's a lot of couples in the pandemic so but what I think is so interesting is in the moments where I was feeling claustrophobic I was envying you and I'm sure you had moments where you were like well I'd love my husband to make me dinner and to watch a movie yes or yes. whatever what like just everyone in 2020 was trapped and we got sick of whatever situation it was even exactly. if we were in a great situation you and I were both fine we had our health oh, we had our apartment we had perfect but, situations but but I think no matter what circumstance you were under it you go crazy you start going crazy no matter what it is no matter what it is um so yeah, I, I hear more yeah I want to hear more about your kind of well, day, I, day as a single I was girl. In New York, and I stayed, and I remember, you know, when the shutdown happened, I thought, I was so naive. I thought, oh, gosh, it'll be a fun little weekend inside. Like, I just really, (laughs) honestly, had no freaking clue. And, uh, yeah, I remember the last person I hugged, and I didn't hug a a person for, like, six months after that. I didn't, like, have other, I remember, like, calling my mom sobbing, and I was like, I have not touched a human in, like, six months. And I'm kind of starting to freak out a little bit. Because, like, I had not made contact with another, like, body. I don't know if I heard you or if I've heard you articulate it quite like that. It's, and you, oh, wait, sorry, not six months, six weeks. It was, like, six weeks, and then it was, like, another couple months, because then I, I dated somebody in the pandemic mm-hmm. for a hot second, so then I, there was, I got to touch a body. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, I remember that was the hardest part where I, I, there would be like such an enormous amount of time that would go by where I actually didn't physically touch or speak to another human. And that was very, very difficult um, because we, we rely on human touch. Like we rely yeah. on, on Just that. a hug, a little pat on the shoulder, oh. a hug goodbye. Yes. You know, let alone anything else. But just I that, would like pile like my blankets on top of me. I would like put weights on top of me. Just like feel like weight of something. Because I mean, it was really hard not to have human interaction because I was by myself the whole time. Um, But yeah, I remember the very last hug I gave somebody and it's so funny how it all kind of worked out. Um, This ex that I've been speaking quite a bit about that I lived with, um, he had a dog that was very, very iconic in our relationship. And I loved this dog and I actually spent more time with this dog than I did the actual boyfriend. Um, And that was one of the most devastating parts of the breakup when we broke up was was losing this dog. Um, You know, I was on his veterinarian 
call list. I was on all that. Getting medications he got. That was my name. I took I took him to the emergency room. I took him to the vet. I took I he was like my dog for the two years that we dated. Anyway, so I hadn't seen this dog in you know however many years since we'd broken up, and um the pandemic had just happened. They were saying you know everybody kind of stay in elbow bump or you know they were starting to say like six feet that was just starting um because this was like march honestly i think it was the 15th and i decided to go for a run and i had never gone down you know i'd been living in this apartment for a year and i ran down by this park that i hadn't been to in a long time but i'd walked by there a ton and i look across the street and i see this huge dog this huge dalmatian and anytime i see a big dog i always thought of this other dog because this other dog was a Weimariner and I always thought oh gosh yeah I wonder how I wonder how he's doing and as soon as I had the thought I see this giant Weimariner come sprinting across the street and I was like oh oh my god oh my god oh my god and it was this dog it was this dog and I ran scree the the people that were walking him it was your old dog it was my old dog and the reason why this is I for a little bit more context the reason why this is so so pivotal in the story is a month previous my ex tragically very tragically and very suddenly passed away and it was shocking and it was devastating and he was very young and talented and gorgeous and wonderful and kind and it was horrible it was horrible and I thought that was going to be the most devastating part of of 2020 and it it that's what sort of launched my 2020 was was his passing and it was so devastating I you know I never really got over him I'll be honest I mean I'll say that I never really got over him and there wasn't really that closure and I'd always sort of imagine that you know one day we would reconnect not get back together but that we'd reconnect and and have a very go out to lunch or something yes and we just see him in a show yes yes and it just never got to that point and so it was you know two weeks after his passing and I hadn't seen this dog in like four years and I finally I see this dog his my ex's roommate and really good friend that I know were walking him and I it was wild I didn't know that it was this close because I remember seeing I think you took a photo I took a photo yes I did not know that this like very important ex in your life yes I mean I remember him passing away but I didn't know that all of a sudden two weeks later you run into his dog yes and I your dog yes and I found out that um I mean it was always it was always his dog but I took ownership of him during the relationship I very much was like this is my dog um because we bonded we totally bonded but um yeah it was it was really crazy because it was just I, I, I also didn't realize the location I was at I was living 12 blocks away from my ex this whole time and I had no idea like I my most terrifying thought was that I was gonna run into this this person in the city and I was always like so stressed and I I probably passed him a million times like we lived and I didn't know because I knew he had moved but I didn't know where we lived like 12 blocks away from each other and I was like oh my god and now the dog no longer lives in New York he lives back he lives in Utah of all places he moved he's living in Utah um with with a wonderful couple that knows him but I can't remember why I even got on this tangent um but that's how my 2020 2020 started um and so it was only a couple a few weeks later that the shutdown happened and I was grieving I was I was very very much grieving for the for the whole first part of the pandemic um and it was I was in a weird position too because I felt like it wasn't my I didn't get get to grieve um because we were exes and I shouldn't be allowed to I, I was very hard on myself on 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 that it felt but it's you know I'm going through a similar experience right now I recently yes. lost a friend but we fell out of touch the past few years and I'm feeling the same of like but the past few years it's not like I, but here's the thing that also happens is you grieve the person when someone 
passes away so young. Yes. You're grieving the possibility of the rest of their life that is no longer and for what all of their family and friends are going through. Yes. And if you're an empathetic person, which we both are, you feel all of that. Yes. And, you know, I I had felt that when we had broken up, that felt like a death. That was, I grieved that like a massive death. And then when he passed away, it was, it was reliving that all over again that 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 grief and it was even more painful you know knowing those circumstances so yeah the first part of the pandemic was really emotionally troubling and it was also a it's so much reflection of being alone and being single and um you know this ex passing away and you know what am I doing with my life where have you know and it was a lot a huge time for self-reflection um and it was hard it was hard to be alone. There were days that I loved it. I loved the freedom of not knowing what my day held and knowing that I had no expectations on myself. And then there were days when that was the exact thing that made me want to just curl up in a ball and... suffocating. Yeah, it was scary. It was really scary. And yeah, it was... There was a lot of times that I was just very sad and lonely. Um, And... Yeah, it was the human touch, though. The human touch thing. Um, oh, so my last hug, my very last hug, was that friend uh, that was walking the dog. And we hugged and went, oh, shoot, we shouldn't have hugged. We shouldn't have hugged because we're not supposed to, sorry, I wasn't was supposed to hug you. right before yes. Tina, that's just And she was my last hug. Yeah, and so, and then it was just months before I, like, touched another human. And it was just so bizarre. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable that that's what led you into 2020. Right? I mean, well, yeah, and then you and Vinny with the health else. scare and... I mean, because, you know, the pandemic happened and it rocked every single person in the world, their yeah. worlds, it every, affected everybody. And yet life was still happening. There were right. people still got sick. People still died. People um, were still dealing with stress and trauma from things not related to the pandemic. Yes, and it just made all of that so much yes. worse. I yes. mean, if, we, if you had had a tragic loss, if we had had a cancer scare without a pandemic, it maybe would have been felt a little bit more manageable. But yeah. everything during 2020 just felt crazy. It did. So how do you feel about dating now? Like, where are you with it? God, you know, I'm still, I feel very resistant still. Yeah. I feel very closed off. I, I'm in a place right now with myself where I'm just, I, I don't want to date. Yeah. I don't want to date. I if I I don't want to do dating apps and I know that like that's the way that that's the most convenient way to do it these these days. I really really want a strong connection and I want it to be in person. I want it to be live. I'm so sick of technology and screens yeah. um that I am just if I can't have a real live connection, I don't want it. And yeah. I mean that closes me off a lot to a lot of possibilities because I do want to get married and I do want to have children, but I'm so in love with my life and my freedom and my independence that something very, very special and very magical has to come along for me to change my mind on that. I will also say I've never been good at dating. I've never, I didn't have boyfriends in college or high school, college. I didn't date much. I don't date. I hate dating. It gives me agita. Like I break out into hives. It just makes me sick to my stomach. I hate dating. I hate it. So it's not fun and I don't enjoy it. And it stresses me out the whole time. I'm thinking who's paying for the bill? What, how do I do it? Who's paying for the bill? Do I, do I offer? Do we go Dutch? Do we, I I just, I can't handle it. So I've just decided to remove myself at this moment. Um, my dream is to be, have a meet cute or be set up with something or meet at a party or I don't know. But right now I am, I am not seeking. I'm not seeking. 
not seeking. And you yeah. know what? You got to maybe just ride that wave and yeah. in two weeks you could feel different. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You could it's feel a, totally different. I mean, it changes. right now you could kind of just opt for the old-fashioned way, which is you do things you wouldn't normally do. Yes. Yes. You know, but take a break from the apps. But I feel you on the technology. I mean, at the end of the day, the last thing I want to do is look at my phone because that's all we do now. That's all we that's do all we now. That's all we do. I mean, everyone was online dating before, but it was like you were out and about and less on screen. Yes. And then yes. you got home and maybe like chatted on the app. But it, it's all day, every day. And it's crazy. Yes. It's completely crazy. Okay. I know. I really want to talk about, so we're both 33. We do not have kids. And yeah. I want to talk about, there's some really amazing examples of women who have gotten married and had kids in their yes. 30s. And one of them is Molly Sims. She got married, I think at 38, 39, had, got pregnant accidentally on her honeymoon oh after <laughs> she froze her eggs. And I love this story because she froze her eggs and she was around our age. Just She was like, uh-huh. I want the insurance policy and then I'm not going to worry about it. And then she didn't worry about it. Then it happened naturally. But that's actually oh my God. why I started following her a long time ago. And I started following her because I saw this YouTube video of her story. And this was before I was even engaged before. And I was like, oh my God, I love that she's so open about this. This yeah. is such a cool example of someone getting married and having a baby in their late 30s that we don't see. Yes. So she's one. Meghan Markle, my, obviously. My favorite, Meghan Markle. With. That, like, mm-hmm. seriously, she gave me so much hope when she and Harry got together because I all I could think was, okay, well, she didn't meet him until she was 36. Yeah. Like, I'll be fine. I'll be You're, fine. Oh, my God. You are you more know? than fine. And like, there's just such a stigma, I think, too, where you're supposed to, you know, be married and have kids by the time you're 30. And it's like, okay, well, some people aren't Ellen Pompeo. You know, she didn't get married until she was, I think, 34, or 35 and didn't have children until her late 30s. Um, Juliana Margulies got Juliana married Margulies. at, I think, 40, had her baby at 41. Kamala Harris. Yes. Kamala and Doug. Um, So many amazing women. And, you know, back in the day, like the olden days, when our life expectancy was 34, yeah, you'd get married when you were an infant. But, like, no, now that, like, medicine has changed, women are having babies later in life. I really want them to reconsider the term when women are pregnant after the age of, I think it's like 32. It's 35. It's 35. Yeah. It's a geriatric pregnancy. And I'm like, that needs a rebrand. It needs a rebrand. We need to, yeah. Can we rebrand? It's just, it's too much. I want to cancel it. I want to hashtag cancel it. No, it needs to be canceled. Yeah. So my, let me tell you my dream for you. Okay. Oh my God. Thank you. My short term, not long term, my short term dream for you is that you get to a phase in like a month, two months, Mm-hmm. The year, whenever the phase comes, where you lit, where you find fun in dating as like a fun hobby. Because I would love that. It is always going to be nerve wracking, but I do remember I got to this sweet spot of I was on a few apps just because I was like I can't just keep meeting theater people. No, right, like, this isn't working out for me. Musicians, theater people. Maybe I need to right. try someone new. I was dating doctors and lawyers and guys in finance and different people, and I would always be nervous. I would definitely have like a little drink as I was getting ready, and yes. just be like, "What the hell am I in for?" Every time, but I was always my rules were I, the first date would always be one drink because then you could just hightail it out of there, and then second date dinner. But I got to this sweet spot where I 
found it fun. And I found it fun as like a learning, like a hobby, an activity. I was like, oh, I'm learning about this new world. Like, I don't know what a doctor does in a day. There, No one's a doctor in my yeah. family. I don't know what this, you know, as kind of like a just a fun conversation and not putting pressure on it. That's my dream for you. Because I think that like there's a way, but you have to be in there. You, it's only when you're in the right frame of mind. And that, because I don't regret that time in my life at all. I will yeah. always think of it as like, I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about other people, about the city, because they would suggest places I'd never been to, maybe. I learned see, all the way guys more are about like, what I wanted. So many of the thing that stresses me out is logistics. Like if you know me at all, know. you know logistics make my skin crawl. So to set up a date, to pick a place, this is why I'm like, please just pick a place, pick a time, pick a day. I'll be there, but do not make me I love that. I, I'm a very Lale was saying this. We were chatting with Lale. Um uh we we, we had brunch with her a few weeks ago. Yeah, one of our and special she, guests, health coach yes. Lale. So she was chatting with us about her dating life and she was like, you know, I'm a very independent woman. I have my own business. I I'm very independent. I'm strong. I speak up. She goes, but you know what? I love when um, somebody makes plans for me. I love, I mean, yeah. makes makes a plan for us. Like it make, takes initiative and schedules a date. I can do that. I have every ability to do that. But that shows, that makes me feel really, really good. And I was like, oh, I love that phrasing rather than being, you know, it's not that I can't make the reservation. I make reservations all the time. I fix my own toilet. I change my own light bulbs. I put together my own furniture. Like I don't need a man. I do but not. It's such a, but see, but it's, it's also such the love languages. Yes. My love language, how I receive it is definitely acts of service. Same. Because Same. to me, what that gives us is time. Like if yes. my husband unloads the dishwasher or makes the reservation, that gives me more brain space and time to like have a glass of wine, be yes. more relaxed. Like that, some people it's gifts. They're like, I'll do all the work, but just buy me, you know, I want presents. Yes. But it just, you have to, but that, it just goes back to the person has to line up with yeah. what, because you're capable of making the reservation, but I feel the same way. I love, I loved when we were dating and Vin would be like, hey, it's a really nice night out. How about we go to this restaurant at six o'clock and we'll sit outside. That I'll is make my the red. dream. I'll see you there. That was my that dream. That is my dream. Too. That was and totally I my dream I have too. yet to meet that person that just... And that, and that I want to, that I feel attracted to as well, in the, right. as well. You know also, what I mean? Also, this gesture might not happen on the first date because so a lot of times the first date is a little more cash. It's like, yeah, let's yeah. grab one drink. Well, so yes. you like pick yes. a bar. But then after that, if there's a second date, then it should be someone make a plan. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I have dated those guys before that, that and, and they've been lovely and we just didn't have much in common, you know, it didn't yeah. work out, but yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to enjoy dating and have it be fun, but right now I'm just like, it's just not right now. I just don't want to. when it is right now, you're going to keep us updated and tell us all about it. Oh, you know it. This is the I first place I'm coming to tell my. Thank God. So you guys, I want to remind you that we have merch. We have really, really cute makeup bags that say obsessed. They're black and white. They're my new favorite thing. We have really cozy sweatshirts. We have mugs. We have t-shirts. I seriously live in the sweatshirt. It's the softest sweatshirt. I don't know how to describe it. It's the softest sweatshirt you'll ever wear. And every time I wear it, people comment on it. And they're like, I love that. It just says obsessed with the best on the front. It's so cool. Or obsessed. You can get the crew neck with just obsessed. It's so cool. It just says obsessed. I'm getting so many compliments on our little makeup pouch. You can put use, you yes. can put it, anything in it, really. Yeah, I get anything. a lot of compliments on that. So the link is in our bio. Go yes. to our link tree and click on merch and 
buy yourself some goodies. I also want to remind you that the best thing you guys can do for us, if you're listening and loving this, is go to Apple and leave a rate and a review. Leave a rate and a review. Tell your friend to leave a rate and a review. It's really, really helpful and it takes a very, very short time. Yes, we would so appreciate it. And thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more content, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Patreon, and give us a follow at Obsessed with the Best Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Hosted on dimlywit.com.